I'm Chris Wallace. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. I'm Trey Yankst. Two runoff races in Georgia will determine who controls the U.S. Senate. Democrats literally can get a a clean flush here, right? I mean, they can have control of Congress and the White House. And you ask yourself, what can't they do when they have that type of power? So it all comes down to this state in two Senate runoff elections. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Voters headed to the polls today in Georgia to determine which two candidates for Senate will head to Washington. It's teed up to be a tight race between Raphael Warnock and Kelly Leffler, as well as John Ossoff and David Perdue. If Democrats Warnock and Ossoff sweep the race, the Dems will control the entirety of Congress. So what did Election Day look like in the Peach State? The Republican candidates, Perdue and Leffler, they keep insisting. Uh, They've been insisting for months now in ads, uh, at rallies, in person, that they are the final line against socialism uh, in the United States. This is Fox News correspondent Matt Finn. You will hear them say that over and over again because they say that, that their opponents, uh, you know, are a part of the, the very progressive end of the Democratic Party and are trying to, you know, establish uh, or, or fuel socialism in the United States. So Republicans here are, are really trying to stress to the voters that everyone's got to get out and vote uh, because, uh, you know, Ossoff and Warnock, their competitors, are going to you know, join forces with AOC uh, and the very leftist uh, in Congress and uh, uh, fuel um, socialism in the United States of America. So that is really what it comes down to. You'll hear the Republicans say constantly uh, that they are the final line, that they've got to hold the line. The president was here yesterday. He was saying the same things. Now, I'm in Fulton County, home to Atlanta, and Fulton County was really in the spotlight. It is in the spotlight now because after the general election, there were all types of um, theories about fraud and all claims of fraud here coming from even the president of the United States. In that leaked phone call uh, with the secretary of state here, the president claimed that up to 300,000 ballots mysteriously appeared on the rolls here in Fulton County and that there was a lot of uh, forged signatures here in Fulton County. Of course, the secretary of state and his staff adamantly denied that. But there's a lot of eyes here on this county today because the president says he basically feels he lost Georgia because of uh, Fulton County. So we are inside of a massive absentee ballot accounting center in the Georgia World Congress Center. And uh, we're watching right now as ballots are being processed. This is very similar to scenes that we saw you know, all across the country uh, during the general election. Uh, I was in Detroit. It's a very similar scene. You know, these massive convention centers uh, get transformed into absentee ballot counting centers. Uh, there's probably dozens of workers in here right now. So as of this afternoon, Georgia's Secretary of State and his staff obviously are taking a lot of heat, a lot of questions about the integrity of this election, the security. What have you guys done to safeguard it after, you know, all the uh, turbulence of November? And they basically insist that this election is going to be as secure and fair as the general election was. Uh, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State right now reports that the uh, average wait time is about a minute uh, in, uh, in and across Georgia. Uh, so that's a minute less than it was in November. Uh, the Secretary of State insists things are going smoothly. Uh, the Fulton County chairman, he kind of hit back at the president saying that the naysayers who are challenging Fulton County uh, are wrong that it's the most complex county in the state of Georgia and that they did November right. They set an example, and the Fulton County Commissioner even gave himself an A-plus for November's performance, and he says he plans to give another A-plus for this special election, Trey. 
What are the voters saying about all of this? I read today that the Washington Post had 20% more traffic on that article that included the leaked audio clip of the Georgia Secretary of State than they did over the Access Hollywood article. So, I mean, it puts into perspective the interest that people have in this race. Do the voters seem up to date on the president's comments, for example, and the back and forth between the secretary for Georgia and the president himself? I really would imagine nearly every voter who gives a care in the state is up to date on that Trump phone call because we were here in Georgia, you know, when that that news broke and it was all the buzz of course it was all over the airwaves as well and you had you know allegations of both sides that trump was acting like a mobster he was trying to shake down the the secretary of state but then you know there are uh, people who say if you listen to the entire phone call he was really just an upset coach you know who was trying to you know get a couple calls reversed um so i can imagine that all the voters here who, who care about this election are in tune with that leaked phone call last night the president was here he held another one of his signature massive rallies tens of thousands of people uh senator kelly leffler was there she took to the stage you know and the president said i think i'll be you know he made some notable comments that he thinks he's going to be back here uh in about a year and a half campaigning against the secretary of state here the republican secretary of state here and that got a lot of cheers you know a, a massive cheer really from his from the crowd so that goes to show that these voters apparently are unhappy with the secretary of state even the governor uh, who are you know so the the president obviously you know they say loyalty goes one way with him uh, that's what some of the critics say uh, and he is unhappy with uh, some of the republican elected officials here who he claims are just not seeing eye to eye with them tribe i was going to ask you about the president and that rally last night it's pretty remarkable the month that the transfer of power is going to happen the president is still holding these campaign style rallies and he's still garnering crowds of thousands of people what were some other highlights from that rally what were some of the big takeaways i mean i think one of the biggest takeaways is the president plans to continue campaigning and and being out on the political scene and i think there's this interesting question about what the intersection of a politically active losing president is going to look like like will that distract from the incoming biden administration Absolutely. Well, Trump said himself he'll be back here campaigning. Whether or not he is, will be seen, right? Um, and absolutely right. You know, uh, Fox producer Madeline Fursey and I, we were in Michigan the night before the general election in November. Uh, we were in Grand Rapids very late at night, I think around midnight, and it was the final uh, campaign rally for Trump himself. And we were kind of saying to each other, wow, is this going to be the last rally that Donald Trump ever holds seeking office? Because if he's reelected, you know, he'll have his second term. And now here we are. You know, he wasn't reelected. Uh, that likely may not have been his last campaign uh, seeking office or campaigning for another candidate. And last night, uh, you know, he said that he'll be back here in Georgia, at least, to campaign. And the big question is, you know, how much um, how much notoriety or how much relevancy he's going to hold uh, after President-elect Biden is likely inaugurated. Right. Um, what will he do? Is he going to stay on on the scene or is you know, is he kind of going to lose a little bit of, of his energy? Because let's all admit the guy has been a machine the past four or five years. Uh, is he going to want to keep staying at the same pace uh, for the next couple of years? I wasn't at the rally personally. I was watching some of it, and I was looking at some of our excellent correspondent notes. Uh, you know, he uh, 
decided, he said, Trump said that he decided uh, uh, within the past couple of days to hold that rally with Senator Kelly Leffler, who is seeking to be reelected. Uh, he allowed her to get on the stage. You know, she said most of her usual campaign uh, points. He said she did a great job. Uh, Ivanka Trump took to the stage last night. You don't always see Ivanka Trump uh, take to the stage. She did a great job speaking for her father. And uh, some of the Trump children were also in the crowd. Massive, massive rally with all the bells and whistles. Uh, Marine One, I believe, was there. And it just goes to show, you know, perhaps up, up to five years after his first rally, he still can draw a crowd of 10, 15, 20, 25,000, no matter where he goes. You've been listening to Fox News correspondent Matt Finn. We'll be right back. We've got a couple minutes left here, and I wanted to ask you, sort of stepping back after this election, you know, the outcome of this is significant because it does determine who's going to control the Senate. And if there's a Democratic Senate, it's going to make President-elect Joe Biden's job even easier. You know, you're one of the most versatile correspondents we have. You're all over the country, whether it's floods, wildfires, elections, you name it. I mean, you're speaking with Americans every day in all different environments. Where do you think America goes from here? Obviously, there's a major pandemic the country's facing right now. There's a, a time period that even the generation above us would agree they haven't experienced. So what did the coming months in America look like? You know, that's a great question. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, right? I mean, Trump had, what, 74 million Americans vote for him. I think that's a record high for any Republican candidate. So you say to yourself, 74 million Americans voted for this guy. Where where do they go from here? You know, I spoke the other day to someone who says, well, I voted strictly for Trump's policy. I don't like the man at all. We've heard that sentiment a lot. And so now this person says, I hope he personally just goes away and that someone else within the Republican Party arises. I've got other friends and family members who are diehard Trump supporters. They're on social media. They're backing him. They're supporting him. We all know those people, right, who are uh, very, um, very wholeheartedly endorsed. They have endorsed the president through and through. And so you know, are they going to stay with the president? Are they going to, you know, continue to attend his rallies? Uh, are they going to vote for him again if he were to run? Uh, that's a great question. You know, you hear the talk of a third party, Trump, uh, Trumpians, right? And, and how that's going to play out, it, both in Congress and in, in future elections. I don't know the answer. It's going to be fascinating to watch. We know that Trump has said he's going to start Trump TV. We've already seen, I think, as Laura Trump uh, uh, at the campaigns across this country that I've gone to, we've seen her on the jumbotrons basically, you know, hosting shows that look like network television. Is that something they're going to pursue as a family? Is Trump going to do it? Uh, It's a great question. It goes without saying. We knew this in 2016. We know this now that politically, I hate to use the word divided, but uh, this country is very polarized. I mean, there were thousands of people last night who cheered the president in Georgia when he said he'll never concede. And he may never concede. And, And there were people cheering him on for that. So that just goes to show, you know, know, the amount of diehards that are out there and believe in what Trump has done and believe in both his policies and himself as a as a person. And like you said, today here in Georgia, it's kind of surreal because you've heard people say there's never been so much power at stake because Democrats literally can get a, a clean flush here. Right. I mean, they can have control of Congress and the White House. And you ask yourself, what can't they do? when they have that type of power. So it all comes down to this state in two Senate runoff elections. You know, this isn't, we're not on election night talking about one Senate race. Uh, You know, we're talking about two special elections. So that even, I think, increases the uniqueness of the situation. It's going to be fascinating to see it unfold. As always, um, 
you know, the, the understanding here is that Democrats benefit from early voting, both in person and by mail, that Republicans uh, traditionally like to vote in person. Uh, people like Newt Gingrich have said that I believe 800,000 Republicans have got to vote in person today to push them over the finish line. So it's going to be fascinating to see this unfold. And you can only imagine the reaction from both sides. You've got a front row seat to history, my friend, and you're crushing it. Well, we both do, Trey. You do an awesome job in the Middle East. We we see you all the time out there in some pretty dangerous situations. Uh, you're outstanding in the field, so kudos to you and your, your team. Always great to talk to you, Matt. Matt Finn, Fox News Channel National Correspondent, joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Matt, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.